0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine While Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: All things considered, doing well.
1: Yeah. That's COVID great.
0: 2020 great. Yeah. So much to get into. We're just going to get right into the meat of this episode. A lot of things happening. First of all, let us be the first to say that we hope your Thanksgiving was fun. No idea what you all did out there. I'm assuming there was a lot of variance in what you did. Maybe some small gatherings, no gatherings. Virtual gatherings. Virtual gatherings, exactly. What do we do? Felt like any other day of the week, really, with a little bit of... uh, Culinary assistance from It was
1: festive. In what, in what way? Tell me. Well, uh Bo made place cards with leaves on them and we, we made a nice centerpiece and we had a lot of foods that we don't normally have and uh we cooked together. Well you didn't. Bo and I cooked together. We did things we don't
0: normally do. That's true. That's true. But I meant more in the f- sense of it was just the four of us.
1: Yeah, it was a little um
0: It was just it was different.
1: It was different.
0: Yeah. I'm sure everyone was experienced that in some way. But it was fun. I will say that. It was a a fun day. We got to be outside a little bit, watch my Dallas Cowboys get destroyed. Season's over, which is a good thing. It's a good thing for Dallas Cowboys fans. We're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. Lost our quarterback for the year, Dak Prescott. So let's go ahead and tank.
1: Just remember that this is not the sports podcast. That's the one you're taping
0: tomorrow. Okay, well then we'll move on. (laughs) Welcome everybody to... (laughs) Episode 48 of The Long Finish. Thanks to everyone for being a part of the first 47 episodes. As we say each week, if you have an opportunity to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, it means a lot to us. We're creeping up on 100 reviews if you haven't put one in, but you're feeling like it's the giving season. We'd love to get a review from you. We'd
1: love to hear from you.
0: Yeah, it's really fun for us to hear from all of you out there via DM or a review, or an email, whatever. It's great to hear from you. So tonight we're going to get into a couple things here. As most of you may know, or some of you may know, is it L.A. or California?
1: Well, L.A. County. L.A.
0: County has, again, shut down restaurants. It's all takeout again. There's no outdoor seating. It's just takeout delivery. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, about this newest change and the, the craziness that is 2020 for restaurants in L.A., including Esther's. And then we're going to get into a wine as we kind of really get into the heart of red season. Talk about a really fun wine, affordable wine, playful, great label, all that stuff. I want to know, Catherine, why you decided to pick up this wine. But what is the wine that we're drinking tonight?
1: We are drinking the Fabienne Houve's to Vin All Soiree. I'm so sorry, Mom. I probably butchered that. It's, the vin-, it's vin de France. This is a red wine from southwest France, right near Cahors. And we'll get into that region and where it's from, but it's a blend. It has a super playful label, and it is delicious. It's that cozy red season, and this is a really playful, cozy red that doesn't weigh you down.
0: I'm excited to know more about this wine. It's one of the wines that I selected just walking around Esther's yeah. and saying, Hey, this like, looks fun.
1: Yeah, label love. We
0: need fun right now. A little yeah. label love. We need some fun right now in our life as we go through the tumultuous part of the end of 2020 with with the restaurant scene. But first, let's talk about what's going on with our family. Some bad news, folks. Last week, we were happy that our kids were sleeping till 530. That has faded for me.
1: Well, only today. Well, it was my day. Okay. It was my day. But and yesterday I it was fine. The, and, the day before was fine. And here's
0: why it's fine. <laughs> We're tranquilizing our kids. There's some colds happening, so we're giving them some cold medicine. Getting an extra hour of sleep. We, we just started the Queen's Gamut. I'm sure most of you have already blown through it. We just started episode one last night. And uh, not to give away any spoilers, but yeah. We're drugging our kids to get an extra hour of sleep while they have a cold. So that's going to run out. I'm hoping the next week we're going to get 530 again. But last night was 430. And it was brutal. The way our apartment is configured, we have a long hallway that runs into our kid's room. And I was up so early that I just let our youngest son sit on the couch. And I went into our oldest son's bed because our oldest son was sleeping in our bed. And I just watched our youngest son just sort of like peek around the corner and look at me. (laughs) And like, what are you doing? And I was like, I just don't want to get up yet. 4.30. Four thirty,
1: yeah, four thirty is just unreasonable. Before five is just unreasonable.
0: I mean, I know there's people out in California that're working market hours, which is it's a toll on your body. So we're hoping for some bigger things uh, this week for us. Speaking of sleepless nights, let's go ahead and transition into the restaurant world. What a year! Oh my, what gosh. a year we're having here in we L.A. Could have predicted it. If I'm getting the timeline right, March restaurants shut down. Takeout service is the only thing that happens.
1: Right. For three
0: months. That's three months. Yeah. I think around late May, early June, they open back up. Esther's doesn't open up until the end of June right? for some indoor and outdoor service. They do ultimately take away all indoor service.
1: After about two weeks, really. After about two weeks. Well, after we had been doing it for two weeks. It was like maybe the second week of July or something. Second
0: week of July. Yeah all indoor service is done leaving us only outdoor service and from then until basically the end of november it's outdoor service and now there is we're back to takeout and carry back to correct? takeout
1: that's it after just after everyone probably invested in their tents yeah, in crazy. their wind guards in their so many heaters Lowe's has been out of outdoor heaters forever everybody's like invested in everything and then it's out and i and i get it i understand like The numbers are not good. We need to be careful.
0: That's the thing I feel for on multiple levels, right? We talk about all the restaurants investing so much energy into outdoor dining. If you drive around just Santa Monica, you see total reconfigurations of places. And and it really is quite aesthetically pleasing. Like, it really looks cool. And so there was always questions between you and I and uh, other members of the Canyon team about how we we're going to navigate like the rainy season. You know, part of that's been taken away. So we'll never really know.
1: Um, well, it's true. And you don't know how every restaurant is doing it. Like I know that for our restaurant group, we've been practicing safety standards to a T and beyond using all the PPE, social distancing, like There has been great practices in place, but you don't know if that's going on at every restaurant and the health department is checking, but how often and who's checking and you don't know those things. But I think the main thing that they're probably trying to shut down is people hanging out with people that don't live with them. That's a thing, right? Because that's where it's coming from. So I understand. It's just, it's so frustrating and sad Just to have to say, you know, have to say that to the employees. I think that's the hardest part. I think the business will make it through. It's just, it's kind of heartbreaking, you know, at the holidays to have to say to the employees, all right, well, unfortunately, we can't have you in the store right now. And uh, hopefully I get to call you back in three weeks.
0: And it's our belief, and we could be completely wrong, that we think it will be longer than three weeks because it doesn't make sense to open up before New Year's Eve in my head so we think that we'll probably be shut down for most of if not all of december and then look uh, for things in january so
1: yeah i mean fingers crossed for that you know i i guess they give you 3 weeks so you just don't go crazy <laughs> only, right only take yeah if you say
0: if you say 2 months i think the world people would be people just be, uh, go nuts put in flames and, yeah, yeah.
1: But three weeks, people think, oh, okay, I can handle that. Then they say three more weeks, you're like, oh, okay, I can handle that. So it's good to give it in small doses. But, you know, we're just here for the ride, here to survive. That's, that's the name of the game right now. Stay healthy and
0: survive. And one thing I'll say is, as I've been a little bit outside of what's happened through the progression of protocols at Esther's, is that I remember when we first opened in July, there was so much unknown right, with how things were going to operate. Just talking about operationally, like with the staff. And I think it's been fun to watch how much confidence the staff has had over the past few months being in the space. We can only speak for resters, right? But there's been no COVID cases, right?
1: That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. everyone has understood how to use the PPE, what practices to take. And when we do – when at least for us and in the – I'm speaking of the nine restaurants in our group – When we do that, there has been no spread. In any single cases that have happened in the group, the person has gotten it from their family and no spread happened in the restaurants. So just from, in our case, I think the staff has felt really confident in coming to work because they know that where they work, safety is really important to us. That does feel good. I think we've seen a lot of morale boosting. And
0: also I think that you've seen that with the guests. I think you've seen more guests... Come back. I think you've seen word of mouth happen. Like, these people are taking it seriously. You know, we, we have arrows pointing in directions where you can leave without having to touch things. The level of detail. And I'm hoping that most restaurants are doing the same thing. But it's unfortunate for many reasons. But the two I can think of are just the small businesses that are hit. Like, to run restaurants, it's so difficult um, it's difficult on relationships. It's difficult on people's finances. It's difficult on people's time. So I, you know, our hearts go out to everyone who has a, an, an endeavor in the restaurant space. And also, as Catherine said, just about the staff. No one likes to be put into any sort of financial or occupational insecurity. During the holidays, especially. So our hearts and thoughts go out to not only our staff members, but anyone, anyone who's listening that's in the restaurant scene uh, in LA, you know, listening to the podcast, just or in general, just uh, people who work in restaurants.
1: Yes. I'm just thinking about them every day. All of our employees, all restaurant employees across this city and the country, really. Because 60% of restaurants have closed permanently. So there's a lot of people out there that want to be working and can't. Anyway. It's a mess.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And I, and then just my last reminder is just make sure you guys continue to support small businesses, local restaurants during this time. Hopefully we're near the end, by which I mean we're closer to a vaccine. So we'll see. But just don't be afraid to go out and purchase a gift card or a retail, you know, a box, a bottle of wine, anything to keep these places going.
1: Anything. All of it helps. It really does.
0: So... In that spirit, we're going to talk to you about a wine that we're excited about, and a wine you could be sending to friends or drink for yourself. But I'm looking forward to having some wine this December that feels festive, fun. So let's start tonight with some of the fun, affordable options. So, Catherine, tell us again what we're drinking tonight and some more detail on the wine.
1: So this is the Fabian Houvez. That's the name of the producer, and the other name of the winery, that, that's the winemaker app, actually, is Fabienne who is. But the name of the winery is Mastel Perrier. And the name of this wine is Tuvin plus Orssolre. It's a vin de France. And this is vintage 2019. And as I said before, it's from a region called Cahors, which is in southwest France. So if you haven't heard of Cahors, well, you'll get to know it. It is just southeast of Bordeaux in southwest France. And it is the home of Malbec. It's the real home of Malbec. Probably you think of Malbec with Argentina. And that's true. Like 75% of all production of Malbec is there. But... The original is Cahors, and the original name or the local name for Malbec there and in the Loire Valley is Cote, C-O-T. And it's different. It's different than the Malbec from Argentina. It's got more floral notes, more of that tobacco, more dried leaves, you know, just more earthy elements than that fruity, chocolatey thing of Malbec from Argentina. Same grape though. So this wine is a blend of Malbec and Cabernet Franc, one of our favorites native to the Loire, but also very prevalent in Southwest France. And Fabien Huvéz makes this from his family vineyards. His family has been making wine for six generations, but he is the one who convinced them not to sell the co-op, converted the vineyards to biodynamic, and he took over and made his first vintage in 2006. Committed to natural winemaking, and he's just a little bit different. So traditionally in Southwest France, you see bottles like the Bordeaux bottles, very traditional thin-shouldered bottles. His bottles are different. They look like burgundy bottles. They're a little bit wider at the bottom. And some of the labels are really playful. That's part of his Vin de Soif or Wines of Thirst series. And then some of the labels are a little more traditional. That's the Mas de Perrier. That's the Wines of Terroir, the more serious line of his wines. But all his wines are natural. All of them have more fruit and lightness and playfulness and just are so much more drinkable let's taste this shall we let's do it so first look at it it is a really dark inky color I can barely see my ring through it if I put my ring like kind of at the edge I can see it but it's a really really dark ruby but the edge is just a little bit lighter it's an inky inky wine Typical, typical for Malbec. Swirl my glass. See the legs coming down. This is a lighter red, it looks like. They're not too thick. They're not too slow. And I looked, just checked, it's 13% alcohol. So not exactly what I'd expect for a traditional cahors. And again, this is a blend and we know a natural, more natural style. But I would expect something maybe... With a little more alcohol. Let's put our nose in there. Blackberry. Black plum. Raspberry. A whole bunch of dark fruit. Black fruit and red fruit as well. It's fresh fruit. But also there's like a candied element to the blackberry and the raspberry. It's like an underbrush of crushed leaves. Wet, damp moss. Something mineral as well. Like a little copper or something something a little bloody and if i'm gonna say tobacco i'd say sweet tobacco
0: when you say a little bloody what do you mean
1: i think of like that like copper penny how blood has that little but that like, mm. like metallic thing to mm-hmm. it there's a floral note as well violets you could sit here for a long time <laughs> it's funny because at first it really jumps out with the fruit it seems light and playful but as i'm sitting here and just putting my nose in it it's like we could keep going for a while. And we had a little chill on this, which sometimes covers up some of the aromatics. So I think as it's getting warmer, it's opening up more and more. Let's taste it. It's a dry wine. It's medium acidity. It's not crazy acidity. Tannins are light. Now, typically Malbec can have medium, medium plus tannins and Cabernet Franc more like around medium or even light tannins. So this is definitely on the lighter side. Lighter body, definitely. And all those things we talked about on the nose, I get that blackberry, but it's more tart blackberry, plum, but more tart plum. Just like I say, always a telltale sign of an old world wine when the fruit on the nose is more ripe and luscious and on the palate, it's more underripe and tart. So this is a great indication that we are not drinking a Malbec Cabernet Franc from Argentina. Other than that, I do get a little of that like wet earth on the palate and that's about it. The finish is clean and fresh. It's not particularly as complex as the nose is. It just feels more easy, happy, drinkable. And now that I've tasted it, I'm glad there's a little chill on it. It's really, like, refreshing.
0: I agree. Can I see the bottle one more time?
1: The name of the wine, also, I will say, it's after a French pun. Please excuse my pronunciation. <laughs> tu plus en soiree, which means you are not partying with us anymore. And it's a really cute pink label with all these little mm-hmm. icons on it. He has a couple other wines in this vin de soif, this wines of thirst category that are just really playful with the labels and the names. The most famous one is probably UF Expletive My Wine, which I don't know why it's called that, but it is so good. Another one that's just like juicy, fresh, ready to drink. Natural, unfined, unfiltered, super little sulfur, very, very little. This is just joyful, ready to drink drink great red. I feel like everyone would love this.
0: Yeah, and like you said, the label is pink to hot pink, but it has a bunch of masquerade masks on it. Small masks. Almost look like they're part of a video game. Very fun. So if you're looking for something festive and fun for yourself or a very small gathering, this is the one I think to get. It, very, it feels very pleasing. I feel like Malbec... I think of my parents when I think of Malbec, because they really like Malbecs. But Malbec slash Cab Franc feels like That's, like, a a blend that many people would enjoy very easily. Totally.
1: Right? It has that crossover of having the plush fruit and that, like, hidden, that perceived sweetness, but also all that underbrush and the, like, earthy notes that you think of with Cab Franc. And freshness.
0: Yeah. So, if you're thinking of of sending something as a gift, this could be a wine that you would send to someone with confidence because it's, like, oh, it's fun. And also, would uh, many people would find it pleasing. So... I have actually three questions for you tonight. I'll do the first two that we always do. Food pairings.
1: Well, I... This could go with such a variety of things, but I'm definitely thinking something kind of more casual and meaty. Any kind of charcuterie would be awesome. Salami, andouja, prosciutto, any kind of those meaty charcuterie. You could also step it up a notch like carne asada, tacos, uh, lamb gyro, you know, something like definitely meaty and has maybe a little funk to it, but still casual. Pork belly sausage pizza. Even a burger would be great, but it's definitely really versatile.
0: That's what I was thinking of when you said bloody. I was thinking of like, you were saying like a sort of sort of metallic quality, but I was thinking maybe like Ooh, rare burger, rare meats. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking of. Now, where can you tell our listeners to go out and find this wine? Obviously, we have it at Esther's, but uh, how can you help them find it either in California or elsewhere?
1: This is definitely in the natural wine camp. So if you do have a local natural wine store, they would be the ones to carry it, this particular producer. And because he is a little off the beaten path for his region, that's where you're going to find it. Now, if you're interested in trying a Malbec that's not from Argentina, you could go to a traditional wine store and ask for a wine from Cahors. That's C-A-H-O-R-S. And that way you'd be able to try a different style of Malbec.
0: The last question I have is, Something I want to touch on as a bigger subject maybe next year. But I wanted to ask you why you decided to bring this wine into Esters. What what are the reasons that this particular wine spoke to you as you tasted it? Was it maybe just because you knew the winemaker and you bought it sight unseen? Talk to me a little bit about the process for why you brought this wine into Estrus.
1: Well, 2020 has been an interesting year for bringing in new wines. Some wines I am able to taste because producers bring either full-size samples or smaller bottles little tasting vials with numbers on them, and I get to try them. It's a completely different experience than tasting with the person, but, you know, I have gotten to try a lot of new wines. On the other hand, sometimes you just need something for a particular category. And I have to rely on the vendors that I use to recommend something that really fills that because I'm not able to say, hey, come by today with some sample. You know, I can't just do things so spontaneously. So this, I knew the producer. I I bought the, the other wine that I mentioned from him. I've also bought a wine, kind of his entry-level Malbec, that's great for chilling. And so I wanted a red blend that would be in, our fruit comes first, our fruity category, but that was not from California. And so this really spoke out to me because I know that his wines have so much fruitiness and freshness on the nose. And I feel felt like it would be medium bodied. It was an interesting blend. And the label is just jumps out at you, and it can fit in that fruity red category without being from California. I'm always looking for wines to fit in that category.
0: That's great. And I think, again, I'll say this one more time. If you're out there looking for a playful, fun, affordable, delicious wine for yourself, this is the wine for you. And if you're also looking to send this as a gift to you know family member or someone with whom you work, this is a great option because pleasing wine looks great, affordable. So check it out. All right, now we come to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I will go first. I just want to give out a shout-out again to our staff at Esther's, staff members at other restaurants. We completely empathize with you, and we are supportive of everything that you're doing, and we hope we can get you back into restaurants as soon as possible. We can't stress that enough. So I want to make sure I mention that again, but also this is going to be a completely weird 90-degree turn here. My inspiration of the week... Is Rafi, the musician Rafi?
1: I love Rafi. Well, well, we know him well.
0: Everyone gets their Spotify end of the year list, which is like what you've been listening to. This is the this is your most listened to artist. And last year, my number one artist, uh, you know, currently in the world is Krungbin, and they were my number one artist of the year. This year, I'm sure it's children's music. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent sure it's children's <laughs> music. It's like Blue's Clues or Paw Patrol soundtrack or Kids Bop or Rafi now Rafi I'm sure many of you know who he is I think Catherine actually maybe I heard him as a kid
1: I saw him in concert as a kid yeah you did oh yeah Yeah, you did
0: (laughs) do you remember where you saw him
1: yeah it was at CU it was like up at the campus
0: yeah somewhere in, in Boulder But Rafi is so, so welcome in our household because we're so used to hearing sort of the generically engineered music from TV shows that our kids want to hear and recite. And Rafi is this musician that plays music for kids. He's been doing it for almost 40 years, maybe more. Definitely. 45, 50 years. Yeah. And I'm sure, again, parents out there know who he is, but he is a variety of music that you're like, okay, I'm comfortable playing this music. Now, I've heard his albums probably... 30 times each this year. This is no Baby Beluga, Brush Your Teeth. All these songs I've heard. Those are the hits. 150, the hits. 200, 300 times this year. But it is great to hear someone going out there making you know music that feels good for, for kids and, and for parents alike. And he, he has been, he will be. I will report this at the end of the year, but it's my guess that he will be my Spotify most played <laughs> artist of the year for 2020 so shout out to rafi keeping <laughs> our family entertained it's an odd one but there we go i love it Catherine, he's, he's awesome he is awesome
1: and it's a pleasure i don't mind having that on for an hour and there's
0: a couple great songs that i'm like oh I'm, I'm actually really i really like this song if someone else were to cover this song i would be like I would be way okay with it. So,
1: yeah. Sometimes, like the like more serious songs are really meaningful and, too. Yeah, they're very good. Kids kind of might miss those for now, but maybe later. Subconsciously, it's getting in there.
0: Catherine, what do you have?
1: Well, I want to um, echo your sentiment about the staff. All of our staff, thank you for all the hard work and bravery that you've put in this year. And since you've been working, I'm so proud of our team and. I'm thinking of all of you, those who are working and those who are not, every day. So, I'll keep the business alive, guys. <laughs> and then, I have to say, my my inspiration this week is an inspiration that I had very early on in the long finish when we were starting this. Tony Shea, the founder and former CEO of Zappos, who passed away today, the day that we're recording. As we're taping, yeah. yeah, I was just so saddened by this and was reading again more about him. Just what a visionary and what a creative force that he was. And I was turned on to him because I read his book, Delivering Happiness, about his personal journey, about why he started Zappos and about what he tried to create there. And let me tell you, (laughs) As someone who is not really business-oriented, I mean, we run a wine shop, but it's because I love restaurants, because I love wine, because I love hospitality. really had nothing to do with with business, and I didn't have any sense of how to run a business or what that even meant. And I've never read a business book. This is the only business book I've, or if it can be categorized this way, that I've actually finished. (laughs) Started others, but... (laughs) This is the only one I finished because I connected to this man so much. Somebody who went after a passion and said, what would you want to do with your life if it didn't pay you for 10 years and still you would do it because you were so excited about it and always incorporating fun and joy into what you're doing and living life and valuing experience and people over things and money. And this man was insanely successful and innovative in what he did. Of course, I don't need to go on, but I'm so inspired by this man, and I encourage you to read the book or look him up or look at any of his TED Talks or talks on YouTube. He was a really special guy, so I'll be thinking about him.
0: Yeah, an outpouring of support and reflection over the social media the past 24 hours. What a great person. So, I, Again, you mentioned he was one of your first inspirations of the Long Finish episode, maybe Three or four or something like that. So, yeah, our, our thoughts go out to to him and his family, and that's it. That's episode forty-eight. Wow. Episode 48, forty-eight is in the books. Thanks again to everyone who's been listening to the show. We should have episodes running through the end of the year. We're gonna get into sparkling season soon. It's the time Ooh, for champagne, my and um, hopefully, we all get out of twenty twenty alive and and feel like there is some real push towards positivity in 2021 and optimism so we hope to have some great wine to go along with that Catherine, where can they find you and the long finish on social media
1: you can find me at Catherine Y.O. Coker on Instagram and Facebook. And you can find The Long Finish at The Long Finish on Instagram and The Long Finish on Facebook.
0: You can find The Long Finish on Twitter at Pod. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. And once again, if you have an opportunity to rate, review, and subscribe to our show, The Long Finish, at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, it would mean a lot to us. And we'll see you all back here next week. Hope you all had a great holiday, Thanksgiving weekend. Let's go into December and have a great month and until then happy drinking
1: ciao